At the heart of the issue was a matter of principle and sound investigative best practices related to protecting the ongoing investigation, which at the time was in its early stages. The principle was the oath that I swore to uphold as a young recruit over three decades ago. I could not and would not break that oath. There you go. That is Nova Scotia RCMP Chief Superintendent Darren Campbell, who put duty first because he knew full well that he and his colleagues were being asked to put out information about the guns used in the crimes used to kill 22 people. And that was to pacify his boss, Brenda Lucky, who had, of course, promised, hey, Bill Blair, Mr. Prime Minister, I'll get that to you because that's my job. My job's to report to the top guy. Right. And of course, it was all to exploit the tragedy and push their anti-gun agenda. And I thought the um, testimony was really, really compelling. It was, uh, went on for a couple of hours right after the show. So I got a chance to watch it. And uh, Campbell took notes. His colleagues took notes because they knew instinctually they were asked. They were being asked to do something they knew was wrong. And they knew by documenting it that it would assure one day it might be seen or would be seen. Paul Polango is a retired journalist, but now author of a book called 22 Murders, Investigating the Massacre, Cover-Up, and Obstacles. He joins us now. Good to have you, sir. Hey, good to be here. All right, so um, just in case my listeners or our listeners don't know who you are, I will just uh, let them know that I think out of anybody, you have probably given the most coverage to this tragedy since day one, and you've written a book about it. But you have, from day one, Paul, been saying, this stinks, there's a lot of politics at play. So what do you make of this latest chapter uh, of what you heard yesterday in the, in the testimony? Well, okay, on the surface, we're looking at sort of this political influence on the RCMP in Nova Scotia. And, you know, the people are appalled by what's going on. But, I mean, the politicization of the RCMP has been yeah. an issue for, like, 40 years. I mean, ever since, you know, 19 or longer, since 1984, when uh, the, tr- the first Trudeau government, Daddy Trudeau's government, made the commissioner of the RCMP a deputy minister in government. Therefore, he was appointed, the, the commissioner, he or she, was appointed by the, the prime minister and served at the pleasure of the prime minister. This is like banana republic stuff. Right. And this has gone on, and most politicians don't want to deal with this. They'll talk a good game about reforming the RCMP. Stephen Harper did, for example. But once they get to Ottawa, they don't do anything. So this is sort of a fallout from this political connection between the commissioner and the RCMP, which... Parliament says, and most Canadians seem to say, oh, that's a good thing. It's not a good thing. This is part of the fallout. Yeah, I mean, look, it not only um, undermines what happened that night, but, I mean, when you think of, uh, you know, the crassness to thinking, hey, here's a good idea. We could use this event to push something that ideologically plays well to our base, uh, so we'll use this to push our gun legislation. It's not just crass. I mean, what has the reaction been like from those in Nova Scotia who lost family members or have had their lives completely destroyed by what happened that night? Well, people in Nova Scotia, the families themselves have have all but revolted against the Mass Casualty Commission, which was set up by the federal and provincial governments, but was largely run by the federal government, uh, and and arguing that this has become a cover-up, that they're not trying to find the truth. It's like they're laser-focused on not getting to the bottom of things. And part of this whole thing that's going on here with uh, you know, Darren Campbell and Ottawa and, and, and them complaining about political interference. You have to look at the timing this happened. 
because, you know, in June when this first arose as an issue, on that very day, the, the Mass Casualty Commission was forced to release and was releasing videos showing the way the RCMP took down the shooter, uh, Gabriel Wartman. The, the videos, that, which they hid, hid and refused to release, they were forced to release, and it showed that the RCMP didn't do what they said they did. What the officer said they did on the stand is not verified by the video. So this comes out in the middle of all, you know, the day this is going to happen, and it sort of the, it's the shiny object that basically distracts the mass, the mass yeah. media and, and the public away from what was going on in Nova Scotia. So that's one thing, Alex. The second thing is you have to ask yourself, <clears throat> during the Nova Scotia massacres, the RCMP was acting as in the capacity of a, a contract town police and provincial police. Yeah. Why is the federal government so involved in this case? Mm-hmm. It shows the real problem with the RCMP. There's no local accountability, no local control over them in these municipal and provincial policing roles. So this is a fundamental problem, and it's raised concerns in Alberta and B.C. as well. So there's all kinds of stuff going on here, and it suggests, Ottawa's involvement suggests that there is a federal component to what happened to the massacres, and they're trying to cover that up. That's why I have the word cover-up in the title of my book that came out in April, you know? Right. And I mean, I think it's important to remind people um, the the federal government, Bill Blair did not want an inquiry. I mean, even having something cobbled together, um, it was like kicking and dragging someone kicking and screaming to do it. They did not want an inquiry. And so you can only think they didn't want uh, anything getting to the bottom of this. Um, And and I I should remind, I mean, the guns used by Wartman were illegal. So I don't really under, understand how they thought that this would help push their gun legislation because they, again, they politicize the issue of guns, Paul, but we do have a very big issue, certainly in Toronto, of illegal guns being used on our streets on a daily basis, killing people or creating violence everywhere. Um, but they keep pushing this legislation for uh, illegal guns, but the guy was using illegal guns, so I don't even know how they thought that this would help them. Well, Trudeau, uh, in one of his first uh, statements, either I think it was uh, on the 19th of April and, and perhaps the second one on the 20th, yeah. <clears throat> immediately focused on the gun issue, um, that, you know, we have to get these dangerous guns off the street and stuff like that. They don't, you know, the government doesn't seem to understand the distinction in, in, in guns, and much of the public doesn't. But they also don't understand the problems or refuse to acknowledge the problems that exist within the RCMP. You know, the RCMP has become fragmented, broken, uh, unaccountable, all of these things. And what has the Trudeau government done? It said, uh, we're going to throw more money at it and increase your recruiting. They refuse to look at the structural problems that caused a lot of the issues in Nova Scotia, you know, underfunding, undermanning, and lack of accountability. And I mean, all of this is going on at the same time. And the final thing that's going on is you see Campbell and Leah Scanlon and others from the Nova Scotia RCMP standing up to Lucky. Well, why are they doing that? Because they don't respect Lucky. They 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 see the larger problem is the way the force is run and in sort of a, you know in in the old school RCMP which Darren Campbell certainly is he, he is certainly a member of he they want to save the RCMP and they don't see Lucky as being the kind of person who's going to advocate for the RCMP the way it should be advocated. Well, I mean, I don't know how she do that. 
Yeah. Well, look, I don't I don't know how she survives this, but, you know, I mean, we don't hold anyone to account uh, these days. But, Paul, let me just ask you before I, I have to go, where does this go now? I mean, other than, you know, whether or not pressure builds up to have someone finally come out and tell the truth for once, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Where do you see this going? Well, I don't think it's, you know, early on in this, I had, uh, you know, knowledgeable Mounty saying this is a nothing burger. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that, you know, it's a big show, as I said before, to mask the underlying problems that exist in the Nova Scotia, the, what happened in Nova Scotia. And I guess I'm going to have to continue looking at that and try to bring it into the public and show what's going on. And I, I plan to do that. But, you know, the, the prime minister, what's he going to do? Say, oh, well, we're going to appoint a new person to run the RCMP and fix the RCMP and make it more diverse and more of this and more of that. They're recruiting, but they can't get the recruits they need. It, it's just a crazy situation that has to be addressed with sort of a, a political, more political will than anyone's you know, willing to show so far. Yeah, well, it's quite a juicy nothing burger, but nonetheless, uh, you have been dogged on this issue. So I very much appreciate when you uh, have time to come on and talk. Paul, we'll talk hey, again. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime, Alex. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. That's Paul Polango. If you haven't heard uh, of his book, it's 22 Murders, Investigating the Massacres, Cover-Up, and Obstacles to Justice in Nova Scotia. Um, and like I said, since day one, he has been calling baloney on this whole situation. And so will we get the accountability? It won't be for lack of him trying, but uh, we'll see where the story goes. I'm Alex Pearson. This is The Alex Pearson Show here on 640 Toronto.